Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Very interesting little conversation. I think we just stumbled onto by accident. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guest on the Goodyear hotline. A lot of time for your calls coming up in a half hour. I'll let you know when to call. And don't call now. You'll be sitting on hold for too long. But we will get to it. And I've got an unsolicited advice coming up here and some more. I'm sorry, Walter. We've got a lot of things that we're doing. I did my own mock draft today. So we're busy. But the best conversations are the ones not just on the air, but in life that you stumble onto by accident. So here's what I think we stumbled onto today. Hembo was talking about the struggles of the New York Yankees. They've gotten off to a terrible start this season. And he made an interesting comparison to the Baltimore Ravens, which is to say they are constructed to win one way and only one way. And if they can't win that way, then they're in trouble. And there's no point in getting into the little fine print of this all right now. Right now, they're not doing that. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. That's not what I think is the most interesting part of the conversation. Nor is whether or not Lamar Jackson can sort of transform what he does well. That also isn't what I want to talk about. I want to talk about whether or not this is an example of the flaw in analytics, which is to say analytics, which are sometimes much maligned and which I generally support, find very interesting and extraordinarily useful. However, the one problem I find with people who take them to an extreme, which would mean practically every executive in almost every front office in all of sports today, is that sometimes they leave no room for nuance. Like, numbers are numbers. One of the things that people who love math love is that there is no gray area. Two plus two equals four. There's no room for opinion. There's no room for discussion, debate, nuance, or anything. Math is an absolute. Analytics are an absolute. Analytics can tell us what has happened with certainty. That's great. They cannot tell us what's going to happen with certainty. They can only tell us what's likely is to happen. And that's where the art comes in. Like some of life is a science and some of it is an art. And if you try and turn this into too much of a science, you run into some trouble. So hear me out on this, Hembo, because you live and die with them. I mean, you live for analytics. And I, I respect it. And, and I understand where you're coming from. And I think you're right more often than not, which is the point of analytics. That's the point. But it doesn't mean you're always right. And so here's the problem as I'm thinking it through. Analytics will identify the best way to win and will have you go all in on that because the best way to win should be the only way to try to win. There isn't any real point in trying to win by, to use baseball as an example, moving runners over and putting runners in motion and all that kind of stuff, stealing bases, all the things that analytics tell you not to do because a more efficient way to try and win is the other way the three true outcomes, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The problem is, once you've identified that as the the best way to win, it becomes the only way you try to win, and you box yourself in to where if you don't do that stuff well, you genuinely have no chance. So to use the example you just gave a few minutes ago, and there are a million of these, but if the Yankees are a team that is built on hitting home runs on basically every at-bat and then handing the ball over to their bullpen— because that's the strength of their team. 
if the top of their order or if basically they're not hitting home runs, mm-hmm. they never get a lead, which means the bullpen doesn't matter, and they continue just swinging from their heels trying to hit solo home runs when they're down three runs. So none of it makes <laughs> sense. So that's the point. So is that – I don't want to say it's a fatal flaw of analytics because analytics are, remain a valuable tool at all times. But the point is they identify one way that is the best way to win and then say, don't do anything but that. And that's where you get in trouble. I think that's a good way of putting it. I really do. The way that you describe it is accurate in so, mu- in, in so much as if you, if you follow the numbers to a T, if you, do it, if you follow the numbers every time, the way that the Rays did last year, for example, and that's what burned them in the World Series, you're going to win more often than not. The art and science discussion is a good one because you need two people. You need both sides in the room when you're making those decisions. You need the artists. You need the scientists. And right now in baseball, and frankly, probably in other sports too, more so than we realize, there are a lot more scientists than artists. And I think just in the, over the course of just one month, the Yankees are a really good example of that going sideways. Look, the scientists are the one in the NBA saying if you have a three-on-one three break— have someone flare out to the wing and shoot a three because over the course of a season, if you do that a thousand times, you'll score more points that way than by getting uncontested dunks. I I can't argue with that. It's not wrong. The numbers are right, but it isn't the only way to do business. That's maybe the only point I'm making. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. All right, next order of business. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Uh, Yesterday I gave you some unsolicited advice. And again, my thanks to everyone who got really into that. We posted it on all of our social platforms, expecting that it was my unsolicited advice that in 100% of the cases you should take the offensive lineman over the receiver in the NFL. And Hembo and I, we do those together. It was both of our belief that that would get a little attention. The the, the geeks would like it, but that by and large, that wouldn't set much of a stir. That blew up on social yesterday. I almost didn't pitch the idea because I didn't think enough people would be interested enough in it. And people loved it, so I'm thrilled. Here's one that is a little more right down Broadway. My unsolicited advice to general managers in this draft and any draft is contrary to what has become conventional wisdom. The great Mel Kuyper, whom I adore and admire, will yell and scream, no matter what you do, you cannot take a running back in the first round. I disagree. The trouble people have, if there is a really good running back, running backs are at their best. They make their biggest difference for teams at the very beginning. Going all the way back to my childhood in the 70s when the running back was the biggest star in the sport. It may, to, to any of you who are much younger than me, this may sound like a crazy thing to say. But quarterbacks were not the glamour position in the NFL when I was a kid. It was the running backs. They were the biggest stars because teams ran the ball a lot more than they do now. But the point is every single year they draft someone and that guy would come in and he would run for 1,500 yards mm-hmm. every single year. Kurt Warner, Eric Dickerson, I, it, it never ended. And so the point is, if you've got Najee Harris and you think, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that all these guys are graded high enough. But if they are, if you think these guys are first-round players and you just don't take them because they're running backs, I think you're looking at it backwards. The mistake teams make is when they sign those guys to a second contract. I hate even saying this out loud. 
But if I'm the Giants, there's no way in hell I give Saquon Barkley a second contract. And if you're looking for a reason why, I would call to your attention Elliot, Ezekiel. Just look how that worked out. Look how the second contract for any running back works out. Nine out of ten, well, I don't want to overstate it. Much more often than not, it's a huge mistake. The lot in life of the running back is to get drafted, to get used up, and to get discarded. I hate saying that because it's so unfair to these guys. But I used to jokingly say all the time on the air, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs because that's what they are. Remember when the Cowboys had DeMarco Murray and they gave him the ball 6,000 times in one season? And I kept saying, he's got to stay to them. Stop giving me the ball so much. And Golick and Chris Carter both yelled at me. Well, when the season ended, remember what the Cowboys did? They told him, we can't pay you that much money because you have too much tread on your tires. And he went to Philly and he was done. Because these running backs, there's only so, every single body just has so many hits they can take. And these running backs, those hits get used up real fast. Sometimes they don't want to take these guys who've had too many carries in college. So my point is, my advice is, my unsolicited advice is, if there's a running back out there that you love, take him in the first round. You get five years, you never even have to consider giving him a second contract. And if he's still playing great in five years, by no means sign him. Let someone else make that mistake and just move on. Again, I hate even saying that out loud because it makes me feel terrible. But I think it is right. All right, the green list is my mock. Who you got is on the way. And time for your calls. I'll tell you when to call. It'll be soon. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you. Your calls are 15 minutes away. My green list is 30 seconds away, and it is 
my mock draft. After all these years of listening to Mel and McShay, I decided to do my own. I've got the top 10 picks coming your way in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. With good news for all you baseball fans, you know this. You're allowed to attend games this year. In a lot of places, you sit in pods with your group. Well, businesses everywhere are making that gradual shift towards normalcy as well, which means more hiring, and that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, today's Green List is my mock draft. Again, uh, with my role as the host this year, I have spent so much time dissecting all this. And I also have received from our extraordinary research department a list with every team's primary needs. And so I have done a mock draft. I've decided who all these teams should take. To be clear, this is not who I think they're going to take. I don't know who they're going to take. I'm going to follow the draft wherever it leads next Thursday night. But here's who I would take if I were in their shoes. And a quick disclaimer. I don't know that I for sure that I would take Zach Wilson at number two if I were the Jets. But for me to change that when it is such a certainty would so fundamentally change everything so as to make the rest of this exercise meaningless. Like, if I put Trey Lance or Justin Fields at number two, now the rest of the picks don't mean anything because we all know there's like no chance of them happening. It would be like me projecting Jacksonville trading out of number one. So I'm not doing that. So for the purposes of the exercise, Trevor Lawrence is one and Zach Wilson is two because we know for sure that's how it's going to go. And number three is when it gets interesting. And I know Vegas disagrees and Shefty disagrees and they know better than I do, but I'm telling you what I would do. If I were the 49ers, I would take Trey Lance. Everyone I talk to says the ceiling on Trey Lance from North Dakota State is the highest of any of the quarterbacks in this draft, including Trevor Lawrence. He's got that much ability. He's got innate leadership. Everybody loves him. He's completely inexperienced. He's only started 17 games, same number as Kyler Murray. Obviously, Murray started those at Oklahoma, and he started them playing at North Dakota State. He would have played another season if there had been another season uh, this past year for his team. And if he had, I think he'd be the second pick in the draft. And to me, they've got the exact formula. They've got Kyle Shanahan. He's the closest thing you can get to Andy Reid. They've got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a perfect stand-in in this scenario for Alex Smith. And they take Trey Lance with the hope that he turns into their Patrick Mahomes. The, the, the situation, the parallels are just sitting right there in front of you. That's the kind of talent I think Lance has. I think his ceiling is that high. I would make him the third pick in this draft. That would mean quarterbacks go one, two, three. And then I believe the team that people are not paying enough attention to with this is Denver. Everyone's talking about the Bears trading up. They're at 20. Washington, they're at 19. New England, they're at 15. Right in front of your eyes are the Denver Broncos, who are as desperate for a quarterback as any of them and a lot closer. I believe Denver trades up from 9 to 4 and takes Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State, who also has the ridiculous ceiling. You know about the athletic ability. Do you know about the leadership? Do you know that when Ohio State, when the Big Ten wasn't playing football last year, he started a campaign to get them to play? He got 320,000 online signatures in the middle of a pandemic. 
to get the Big Ten to play football last year. Enormous leadership during all the social justice movement of, of last summer. Teammates love him. Plays tough, plays hurt. Insanely talented. Justin Fields makes sense. I'm Denver. I'm trading up to number four, and I'm taking Fields. Then we get to five and Cincinnati. Don't overthink this. I don't care if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts are sitting there. Joe Burrow can't throw them the ball if he's lying flat on his back or worse, lying in a hospital room. That's the last place we saw him. Take Penay Sewell. He won the Outland Trophy at the age of 19. He's that kind of guy. Just put him at left tackle and just forget about it for the next 15 years. He's that good. Take him for sure at number five. That's a lock. At six, the Miami Dolphins are dancing in the streets because Kyle Pitts fell to them. Kyle Pitts, who was a weapon unlike anything we see in the NFL. He is the number one offensive weapon in this draft for sure. Mel Kuyper said today on our show, he's the best tight end prospect he's seen in his 43 years doing the draft. And frankly, he's more than just a tight end. He's just an offensive weapon. Don't tell me you have Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki is a really good player and he'll continue to have a role. But if you're going to tell me you can't take Kyle Pitts because that would be redundant with Mike Kosicki, that tells me you've never seen Kyle Pitts. That's not what Kyle Pitts does. Kyle Pitts is Travis Kelsey waiting to happen. You take him. Number seven, the Lions, whose primary need is wide receiver, equally delighted. They get the best one. Jamar Chase won the Boletnikoff Award two years ago, 2019, on that championship team with Burrow. Spectacular player, spectacular talent. Lock, stock, barrel, nothing to discuss. He goes seven to the Lions. Eight is the Panthers. You just got Sam Darnold. Don't play around. Take an offensive lineman. Protect him. He's never had that. Protect him. You've got good weapons. You have good receivers. You have Christian McCaffrey. Take Rashawn Slater, Northwestern. And again, you can put him inside, outside. Put him on your offensive line. Plug him in. Don't even worry about it for the next 15 years. Great player. Guaranteed. Sign him to a second contract right now. He's going to be a terrific player for you forever. Nine was, for me, the hardest one. The Falcons trade back to there. I actually could see them trying to trade back again, but I just didn't want to forecast that because now we're getting ridiculous. So I gave them Micah Parsons because he's the best defensive player in this draft. You hear a lot of other names going ahead of him. I get it based on the premium of the position. Patrick Sertan's a terrific player. J.C. Horn, Jalen Phillips. There are a lot of good defensive players. Quiddy Pay, the best defensive player in this draft is Micah Parsons from Penn State. Don't overthink it. And then finally, number 10, everyone has Dallas taking a corner. Almost everyone is projecting Patrick Sertan. I went with J.C. Horn for one reason and one reason only. My buddy Ryan Clark said he's better. And when it comes to defensive backs, when Ryan talks, I listen. R.C. said take Horn over Sertan by an eyelash. Said it yesterday on Get Up. Again, when he talks about defensive backs, I listen. And so that is my green list today. It's my mock draft. Trevor Lawrence won, Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three to the Niners, Broncos trade up to take Justin Fields, Penny Sewell five, Kyle Pitt six, Jamar Chase seven, Rashawn Slater eight, Falcons trade back and take Micah Parsons nine, and J.C. Horn goes number 10. That's what I think. Right now, I'm opening up the phones to you. The question is, how are we feeling? As a fan, I know I usually, I, you have a feel one way or the other. We're a week from the draft, or you're an NBA fan, how are we feeling? Baseball fan, how are we feeling? If you can convince Bubba you're worth getting on the air, then you're coming up next. How we feeling at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear Hotline. And we come to you live every single day from the Seaport District to Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. Who you got? With uh, with uh, Bubba is still on the way in just a couple of minutes. And your phone calls, I'm going to ask you the question, how we feeling? How we feeling? Because to me as a sports fan, that is always the operative question. And we'll get to your calls after this reminder from 1-800-Flowers.com that Mother's Day is creeping up on us. It's right around the corner. And if you want to lock in your place as the golden child by ordering mom's bouquet, do it now from 1-800-Flowers.com, the official florist of Mother's Day. Whether she's near or far, ordering early means getting the best selection of bouquets that are guaranteed to show her she's loved. And send them to all the moms in your life. Mother-in-law, have kids of your own, send them to your wife. Right now at 1-800-Flowers, you can get 36 sorbet roses for $36. They're gorgeous. They sent a bouquet over to my house. They are spectacular. Pastel shades, pink, orange, lavender. Beautiful. Guaranteed to show all the moms in your life just how much you love them. And the offer is ridiculous, 36 sorbet roses for $36, but prices are going up soon. So here's what you do. Order 36 sorbet roses for $36 by going to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon, enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Enter GREENY. Hurry, because the offer expires tomorrow. All right, here we go. Before we do who you got, we're coming to you. The question is, how we feeling? And Bubba, who is first up on the lines with us today at 888-SAY-ESPN? Yeah, first up we have Sean. All right, Sean, how we feeling? I'm feeling good. Hey, we're going to have fans at the Indy 500 here in my hometown this year, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Excellent. I'm delighted to hear that as well. Is that it? Back to the draft, though. Uh, could you foresee any situation like we've seen with Eli Manning and and uh, Philip Rivers back in the day where – Trevor Lawrence decides, hey, I don't want to go to Jacksonville. They don't have any Lombardi trophies. Do I want to go to New York, a bigger market, or do I want to go to San Francisco or Denver where they have some trophies on the shelves? No, I don't see it happening. If it were going to have happened, it would long since have happened. We know it. We speculated about this with Joe Burrow last year, that maybe he wouldn't want to go to Cincinnati because that felt in so many ways like a terrible place to go. I could see that conversation having taken place if Trevor Lawrence was a little different guy. Like, I don't sense he's that kind of guy. Trevor Lawrence, from what little I can tell, and we read that Sports Illustrated thing last week, he doesn't strike me as a person who's dying for the limelight, dying for the celebrity. And you go to New York, that comes with a lot of stuff. Ask Mark Sanchez how much fun that was all the time. Ask Sam Darnold how much fun it was all the time. Trevor Lawrence, he's from the southeastern part of the country. He'll be in Jacksonville. he kind of leave him alone down there. I, I actually think the scenario for that is pretty good. How good the team is? Look, he's casting his lot. It's not up to him. 
He's going in there with Urban. So these are two of the most accomplished college football people ever. Urban Meyer is one of the greatest college football coaches ever. Trevor Lawrence is one of the greatest college football quarterbacks ever. The Jaguars have been a terrible team for the most part for the entirety of their existence. So they're going to try and buck that. Those things are built to be changed. Urban and Trevor, I'll give them a, a shot at it. So could I have seen that happening depending on the circumstances? Sure. But it clearly hasn't happened here. 888-SAY-ESPN. Bubba, who's next? Rob. Rob, how are we feeling? Hey, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. Good, yeah. I was so I wanted to talk about uh, Parsons for a second here. So I do agree that he is the best defensive player in the draft. And I know in your mock draft you had him going uh, before Dallas there. And I really hope that kind of happens just because I will be disappointed that Dallas would pass up on him. I think they will if he's there. Um, I don't believe that um, – Van Der Esch or Jalen Smith will be there in the next two years. They might, but I don't think so. I think now's the time to uh, take take Parsons. He's a freak. He'll change us our defense right now. I think we can take a cornerback in the second round. And, yeah, that's it. I'm with you. I, I think that's right. Look, uh, in my mock draft, I had Micah Parsons going nine to Atlanta. I have no idea if that's how this thing is going to play out. I was telling you who I would take. None of the mock drafts, literally none, have Micah Parsons going before the Cowboys pick at 10. I haven't mm. seen anyone project that. So I agree with your assessment there. I believe Micah Parsons will be available when the Cowboys pick at 10, and I believe they will pass on him. Part of it is the position he plays. Part of it is there are some questions about a few off-the-field things. To me, he's the best defensive player in the draft. Just watch him on tape. He's unbelievable. So to me, I would take him, but I don't think that they're going to. Let me try and sneak in a few more here. How we feeling? Bubba, who's next? We got Donovan. All right, Donovan, how we feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. I got my coworker number, and I put in my two weeks, so it's no conflict of interest. But anyway, uh, I think my Raiders, we're going to take the linebacker from Notre Dame, man, because we got the uh, safety from Car- uh, Carl Joseph. And my Raiders will have the best offense, man. We're going five wide. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, John Brown, Henry Ruggs. Man, we here, man. And Brian Edwards, man. That's all I got, Greeny. All right, thank you. So I want to make sure I was having a little trouble hearing. He's he's talking about the Raiders taking Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, from like, so 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 for those of you who haven't seen him play, he's a missile. He's a human missile from Notre Dame. And he's a fascinating player because he's a linebacker who weighs like 225 pounds. So he's built like a safety. When you see him on the field, how much does Jamal Adams weigh? Just look that up for me. He doesn't look any bigger than Jamal Adams does to me. Um, and he plays most of the time from the slot. So he covers. And 215, he, 215, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, 215. And what, what is Koromoa weigh? Can you look that up? Like, what, what does he weigh? Not, not what they're listing him at. Like, can we find the, the combine or whatever the official, the closest they didn't have a combine this year, whatever the true official weight on Jeremiah Usa Koromoa <laughs> is. Because I, I, don't, I don't think he looks that much bigger than, than Jamal Adams does. One way or another, he can cover guys out of the slot. He can run with these tight ends and all that kind of stuff, which is what the NFL is. He can rush the passer a little bit, and he will go side to side and light up your ball carrier. I love him. Just love him. Also 215. 215. Okay, so so he's the same size. So I think he's very good. He would look great in a Raider uniform. So would anyone who can play defense. Um, The Raiders need to play defense, and and I think they need a lot of things. They made some fascinating decisions um, (laughs) during this offseason with some of the free agent moves they made. But I like that pick. If they get Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, remind me, are they 17, the Raiders? 17. 
That's about where I think he'll go. That, that feels good to me. That would be a really good pick. All right, Bubba, one more before we do who you got. Who's ready? We got Pat. All right, Pat, you're on ESPN Radio. Pat, how are we feeling? Hey, Greeny, awesome show today. Um, but as a New York Yankees fan, I'm feeling absolutely terrible. I never in my time watching the Yankees were met a, mer- a lineup so flat and poorly constructed. And, you know, Cashman's comments the other day saying this is the same team that beat the Indians last year. Is that really the benchmark we're setting now as the New York Yankees, that we beat the Indians in a playoff series and didn't even go all the way? And I don't even remember a time when the Yankees shopped at the dollar store for these pitchers and signing Kluber, who hasn't pitched in two years, to an $11 million deal in Tyone. I'm just absolutely disgusted in what I'm seeing so far from the Yankees this year. Well, I, I hear it, and I, I feel like you are not alone. That's the sentiment. I'm surrounded by Yankee fans everywhere I go, and that seems to be the sentiment that not only is there frustration with the losing, but there's just – it feels to me like there's – I'm going to use the word almost a dislike mm. for this team. Like, this is not a very likable team. And I hope you were listening at the beginning of the hour, Pat, but we basically broke down. The Yankees, to me, are an, ex- an excellent example of one of the dangers, the potential pitfalls of just a, a, a zealot attachment to analytics, which is to say they have constructed this team purely through analytics. And they can only, so they can only win one way. Analytics dictates the best way to win is X. So we do X and nothing else. And so if they're not hitting home runs, they can't win. And that's the reality of the situation. So right now, if you're concerned, I think there's every reason to be concerned. I appreciate the phone calls. It's always so much fun. I love being able to have this give and take, and we try and make sure we do it every day. But right now, we're taking it up a notch. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. Who you got means Bubba, our disheveled board operator. And and no one asks questions better than Bubba. Many of you may not know, but Bubba actually in a previous career um, was a game show host back when they called them quiz shows. And he was a part of asking all the questions on all these quiz shows back in the early 60s, um, even the late 50s, I think, for a little while there. So Bubba's a lot older than he looks, and he's a very accomplished man. And so no one asks a question better than Bubba does. Hello again, Bubba. Hello. <laughs> give us, give me a sponsor and give me the first question. Who you got? It's brought to you by Granger. Love it. And we talked about this briefly at the end of yesterday's show, but Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, he thinks he's cool. He's not naming a starting quarterback just yet. It's between Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco, but there's no possible way Joe Flacco starts week one for Philadelphia, right? Who you got for the Eagles? Yeah, it's a lock. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the starter right now. They can say whatever they want. I'm listening to Nick Sirianni talk about it. It's our second core principle. As a general rule, I don't know. If I'm sitting there, right, I'm a player. I'm like, is that really the way you're going to explain this? I'm all for saying I believe in competition at every position. I don't believe in awarding anyone the job in April. I've got no issue with that. But it's the second core principle. It's everybody's core principle. What are you talking about? What's your first core principle if that's your second core principle? Yeah, he's principle? not John Wooden. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> we're, not, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're suggesting every position can be won by the better player. So they've already traded out of six. Just pay no attention to what they say. Look what they do. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Eagles week one, guaranteed. Bubba, what's next? Oh, the Eagles, they just wish they had someone like Mike McCarthy. 
<laughs> James Harden out again for the Nets. So who you got coming out of the East, the Nets or the field? Uh, see, you're giving me the easy ones today. It's the Nets for sure. The NBA players have decided that the NBA regular season is meaningless. It's the reason that it's so hard for us to get excited about it because why would we be invested in it if they're not invested in it? So the, every single little you know ache and pain is reason to sit out. Now, I have respect for Harden. Harden plays. So if he's banged up, he's banged up. But those guys will be healthy by the time we get to the playoffs. They're doing everything they can to keep it that way. And I would say that so long as any two of the three of them are fully healthy, they will win the East. I'm much more skeptical than you are. You don't think that the lack of time playing together during the regular season will have any effect on their postseason performance? Let me look into that. No, I don't. James Not Harden, in the slightest. Harden has played more games for the Rockets than he has with Kyrie and Kevin. Durant. I understand that. And do you know how many games he's going to play with them this year in the playoffs? How many? Four of them in the first round, and then four more in the second round. Uh, that, he's going to have eight games with them going into the conference finals. Then, then by the time he gets to the finals, he'll have played maybe 14 of them. Maybe someone takes them six. And then let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with LeBron or the Jazz or whoever it is that winds up being there. But that's how many games he's going to play with those guys this year. <laughs> Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba's got who you got. What's next? All right. And what's a bit of a surprise on both ends, the Red Sox are in first place in the AL East. The Yankees are in last place. Which is more likely to finish the season where they are now? <laughs> who you got? Did I, did I hear booing in the background? <laughs> yeah, there was, was that, a boo from Nuno. Was yeah. that Nuno booing back there? Yeah, he booed. Um, well, I mean, there's no chance the Yankees are going to finish last. I mean, none. Baseball is a very – baseball – look, the reason analytics work better in baseball than anything else is because baseball is the sport that more than any other gives you all the time necessary for the law of averages to even out. So this just isn't going to keep going this way. So the Yankees under no circumstances are going to finish last in that division – uh, and I don't think the Red Sox are going to finish there. So the easy answer is the Yankees, right? The, the question is which one is least likely to finish where they are. That's right. And there, there is no, no chance. What is more likely to finish where they are? Oh. Oh, which one is more what likely is gonna to happen, finish where? Yeah, which is going to okay, happen? Okay, well, the Red Sox are much more likely to finish first than the Yankees are to finish last. Let's put it that way. I believe the Yankees will still finish first. And if not, they'll finish second. So there's no way in the world they'll finish last. I don't believe the Red Sox are going to stay there. But it's likelier than... I mean, what, what is the unlikeliest thing in the world? What, what do we use now? Pigs can fly, hell freezes over, whatever it is. The Yankees will not finish last in the American League East. All right, Bubba, we got some fun ones coming. Let's go. Oh, we got fun ones. Cowboys legend and all-around great guy, Tony Romo, turned 41 yesterday. In the Cowboys history, who you got as their most talented quarterback? See, I love the way you phrased that. And it's going to depend on what you mean by talented. And it is ironic that I, af after I had seen you were going to ask me that question, I got this headline, Tony Romo today playing in the Corn Ferry Tour event in Arlington, Texas, which is, which is what used to be called the Nike Tour. It's, it's the second biggest professional golf tour there is. He's playing with those guys. He chipped in for eagle on his first hole, <laughs> the par 5 10th. So if you're going to use the word talented, literally, the answer is Tony Romo. Tony Romo is as talented as any person I can think of in the sports world. He was a brilliant football player, an excellent football player. 
He's an unbelievable golfer. He may be as good a golfer as any of the professional athletes who dream of someday being on tour. He is Smoltz level good, all those guys. And he he's as good an analyst as there is probably working in any sport today. So as far as overall talent, I would say the answer is Tony Romo. Now, Bubba, if I may ask you to be more specific, do you just mean football talented or do you mean generally talented? Uh, I mainly meant just football talented, well, but I do agree. I think overall talented, it's got to be Romo. Overall talented, just, it's Romo. The most, football talented, the, field. the most football talented is Staubach. Staubach is the greatest quarterback the Cowboys ever had. The Cowboys have, have had two all-time great quarterbacks, Staubach and Aikman. Both of them are better than Romo. Tony had a terrific career. He's a very good player. I have to assume he would tell you he didn't have as good a career as those guys did. Aikman and Staubach are both first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, Aikman is great. I love him. Three Super Bowls. He was phenomenal. To me, Staubach is the best. I would put Staubach one, Aikman two, Romo three on the list of all-time Cowboys quarterbacks. It's who you got with Bubba. What's next? All right. 35 years ago yesterday, Geraldo Rivera opened Al Capone's vault and found nothing. So in honor of Geraldo's disappointment, (laughs) what book? movie or tv show did you have high expectations for going in that really let you down who you got that's a great question i love this we should actually do this we should let everyone chime in with an answer on this mine is easy mine is the movie titanic did anyone else oh i should assume everyone else saw the movie never seen it you never seen titanic not interested do yourself a favor save 11 hours of your life and don't go see it. That's how long it takes. I don't care how long they clocked that thing in. in, That movie never ends. It just goes on and on and on and on. At some point when I went to see that movie in the theater, I started yelling, just sink the damn boat already. The boat needs to sink. The boat needs a good sinking because I'm so sick to death of this movie. The over... Art, the over drama that it was ridiculous. That movie stinks. The bad accents. I hate that movie. And then, and this is well known, but the the ending is ridiculous. She just assassinates Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> there's plenty of room on that freaking thing. Whoa, She's whoa, just a, spoiler. Alert. There's room. Spoiler alert. <laughs> is this based on a true? Should I have not mentioned that the ship sinks? Yeah, does Hembo is Hembo familiar with Titanic, the actual story? Or? Yeah, vaguely. Although I think the sinking of the Lusitania is a, a tad bit more. But, uh, I this is my favorite bit that you do. Uh, this thing is it it's might not be my a bit. bit. It is a bit. It's it nothing. It's nothing. Bit. First, okay. Let me get to the next piece. That song stinks. <laughs> oh, my heart will go on. She's so schmaltzy. Blasphemy. Celine Dion, schmalt, pure schmaltz. That song is just dripping with cheese. There's just cheese falling off of it. You know when you get a pizza right out of the oven and the cheese is like dripping down and you can't get it to stop? That's what that song is. It's dripping with cheese. I hate that song. I hate that movie. I like DiCaprio. He's a very good actor. He's been very good in a lot of other things. Uh, The Wolf of Wall Street is a great movie. He's been great in a lot of movies. That movie stinks. Bubba, I hate that movie. And look, I won the Oscar. I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be a great movie. It's the depiction of this legendary event. And, uh, And it's just awful. That's just the worst movie ever. Per capita, minute for minute. There have been worst movies, but none of them lasted as long. (laughs) So the experience isn't quite as excruciating. So that's my answer. Bubba, let's do the sponsor and get everyone else in on this. What do you think? Give me the sponsorship. All right. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is always there to help. 
Call clickranger.com slash safety or just stop by. Nuno, did you see Titanic? I have watched it, yes. And did you like it or not like it? Well, no, because I knew how it was going to end. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I mean, like. So you don't like any historical no. fiction? Well, yeah, but sometimes you, you, you start rooting for a different ending. With the Titanic, you knew it was going to end that way. <laughs> maybe they could. Maybe he'll. What? In the last minute, the captain will veer in this one. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine the controversy. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remake Titanic, only this time it doesn't sink. There's a creative idea. Bubba, did you say you've never seen it? Correct. Never seen it. I'm happy to say I've never seen it. Hembo, did you see it? Of course I've seen Titanic. And you liked it or hated it? I like it. I I like sappy things a little more than you do. I I like sappy things. No one likes sappy things more than I do. I feel like for Hembo to have seen it, though, because it came out like when I was in middle school. So for you to have seen it, though, like you actively wanted to go see it, which... I was probably talked to do it by some female that. I, yeah, yeah. That's there's no baseball in that movie, by the way. There's no baseball. No, I mean, but, the, I, lo- but I, I love Celine Dion. What were the analytics on that on the boat hitting the iceberg? <laughs> All right, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Coming up today on Barton Hahn, Curry goes cold, the Knicks stay hot, and the NFL draft is getting closer. So much to discuss today on Barton Hahn. Today at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.